Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you've got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast. Presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you once again here on what is a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast, uh, Charlotte Wraps up a trip to Florida, and this time it is against the Orlando Magic as the Hornets look to snap an eight-game losing streak tonight. We'll talk about this losing streak and why it's not really as out of the ordinary as you would think based on just what history has told us. We'll also talk about some expectations for this team as we welcome in once again to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, Will Pelagic, the postgame host of Hornets Postgame on the flagship sports radio WFNZ. And Will, thanks again for joining me here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. I'm glad we didn't scare you away from yesterday's HHC. Uh, Long time no speak, Rob. Uh, Mickey ears sold separately for this game tonight against Orlando. Yeah, Sam Farver got the day off yesterday, so that's why we're on the podcast today. He took the family to Disney World, so I told him if I don't get a selfie of him wearing Mickey ears, I will be very disappointed. So didn't get one yet. We'll see if we get one before tonight's tip-off in the Magic Kingdom. So let's go ahead and talk about where the Hornets stand right now. Of course, one of the things that we like to do here on the Hornets Hivecast, and Sam Farber has made a habit of doing with some of the newer guests or the first time that someone is on the Hornets Hivecast this season, is we talk about expectations for this team. And of course, you know, where the Hornets stand right now at 3-11 and certainly is not what anybody expected this year, or really met anybody's expectations. Definitely higher aspirations for this team. But with all things said, Willie P., Let's go ahead and get your kind of your take on this season so far through the first 14 games as there were a lot of different expectations going into this season. Some people were really high on the Hornets. Some people were a little bit more bearish on the Hornets. Where did you see this team through the first 14 games of the season? Because I'm sure it wasn't at 3-11 and where they are right now. I didn't think they'd be with this current record, Rob. I think you're absolutely correct. I probably maybe floated a little bit more toward the bearish side just because I knew that this was still a team that 
probably had a piece or two that they would have liked to have gotten in the offseason that they could not necessarily attain. But I do feel like the first six games really encouraged me and I think put me in a much better frame of mind going into the current stretch that they're on. That's unfortunately where we sit right now after these eight consecutive losses. It's that I do feel like it has brought a lot of the fears that many people had for this season into play. But I think the one thing you have to think about is the fact that they have not had a full deck over any of these eight games or even really any game this season. There's not been a scenario where the Hornets have had their top three players on the floor at the same time. The Mellow Ball has been out since basically the entirety of this season, with the exception of Saturday night. Gordon Hayward's had an injury to his shoulder. You had Terry Rozier, who had an ankle injury of his own. And I really feel like it's impossible to really judge this team until you get all three of those guys on the floor together. We talked also in yesterday's podcast about Cody Martin's absence, how incredibly integral he is to the Hornets. I understand that everybody goes through injuries, and I'm not trying to sit here and make excuses for the Hornets, but I think if any team lost their top three players or was not able to necessarily have that complement of players at any level for for, for their season, they'd be experiencing the same kinds of things as the Hornets. It's a long way of saying they've opened my eyes to at least a little bit of better frame of mind through those first six games of this season. Granted, the last eight have not necessarily been what we want to see those who watch the Hornets as closely as you and I do. I'll be honest with you, Will. This is not good for podcast fodder because I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, normally you have to have somebody disagree just to have a little bit of banter back and forth, but I'm right there with you. I mean, when you take a look at this, and this is kind of where my mind was starting to wonder when you talked about it, was take any team in the NBA and take their top three players off of it and see what their record is. I mean, when you go back to last season, the biggest example I think of is the Brooklyn Nets, where Kyrie Irving, his status was up in the air for a multitude of things then you had Kevin Durant who missed some time because he was hurt the James Harden thing didn't really work out a whole lot then they trade him and they get the other third piece of the puzzle in Brooklyn in Ben Simmons and then he didn't play so it's one of those things where every team that endures injuries is going to go through a stretch like this when it's all said and done obviously you want to have all those injuries done and out of the way at the beginning of the season you'd rather have a you know obviously a full deck of cards at the end of the season to be playing some hopefully meaningful basketball in March, in April, into the postseason. I also go back to two seasons ago, and I think about a team like the Phoenix Suns, where it takes a little bit of luck to be successful because you need to have minimal injuries. And that Phoenix Suns team, I don't even know if they lost maybe 10 man games total because they were so healthy. I mean, Chris Paul never missed time. Mikel Bridges never missed time. Devin Booker didn't miss any time. Those guys were healthy the whole way, and they were able to ride that momentum all the way to the NBA Finals. So I'm not trying to, like you said, I'm not trying to give out excuses to the Hornets, but I'm just trying to lay out the reality of the situation is when you have this many injuries, the expectations aren't going to be met. And when you have a player like LaMelo Ball, that's the one part of it that I feel like he makes everybody better. And I feel like anytime you have him on the floor in a game, he gives you a chance to win no matter where the stakes are. Like it'd be one thing if the Hornets were just constantly losing Rogier or they constantly didn't have Gordon Hayward. It's that all three of those guys have been in and out of the lineup and LaMelo, most of all, we haven't seen until Saturday night. So I think he gives the Hornets so much of a head and shoulders chance above anything that the Hornets could add to their roster at this point. And I do feel like once he's fully integrated, you'll see a much different energy around this team. And I think that could even start 
as quickly as tonight because the Hornets did not show their best face the last time they saw the Orlando Magic. And again, it was another game where they didn't have their full complement in that contest. They didn't have Terry Rozier in that contest. Dennis Smith Jr. only had four points in that contest on a 20-point loss to the Orlando Magic. So it is a scenario where the Hornets can look at this game tonight as maybe the first day of the rest of their season, especially if they can get DSJ back because then they'll be as close to hole as they've been at any point in this season. Certainly don't want to dig yourselves a hole this big this early in the season. And 3-11, and it is what it is. It's an eight-game losing streak. And we don't certainly want to harp on it, but it, again, it is the reality of the situation. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but the injuries just are a little bit too much to overcome right now for the Hornets. Again, eight-game losing streak for Charlotte. Looking to snap that tonight in Orlando. We'll have your game preview here in a few moments. But we're going to talk about this losing streak and how it isn't as absurd as you might think it is. And recent history tells us why. We're going to talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. It's a game day edition of the HHC. Willie P., the postgame host of Hornets postgame here on this flagship sports radio WFNZ and Rob Longo with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Glad to have you guys joining us here wherever you may be listening to us. Of course, you got Apple, Spotify, and don't forget to subscribe as well. Want to talk about this eight-game losing streak here, Will, and again, don't want to be a dead horse, don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer, but it's certainly worth talking about. And during this eight-game skid, the Hornets, it's one of those things where It's not quite what we've seen in years past based on previous rosters from Charlotte, but it is, as of note, of course, this is the longest losing streak. It matches the longest losing streak since the 2019-2020 season. That losing streak occurred from January 6th of 2020 all the way up until January 24th of 2020. That January 24th game was, in fact, that the NBA Paris game that the Hornets played in and lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then that losing streak was snapped with a win against the New York Knicks, which, in fact, I was in the building back in my fandom days uh, watching that one at Spectrum Center. When you take a look at previous seasons, the longest losing streak in the 2020-2021 season was six. And, of course, that was notable because it was at the end of the season. It was a six-game losing streak. That included the play-in tournament loss at Indiana where the Hornets, again, were dealt with a lot of injuries and just not playing their best basketball. Then we go back to last season. The longest losing streak, once again, was six games. That was in the middle of February, where the team went 2-10 and in the month. Saying all this, Will, to preface that this isn't really out of the ordinary when you take a look at it. Eight games is a little bit longer. Yeah, sure, it certainly is. But when you take a look at what this team went through over the previous seasons, you take a look back at that eight-game losing streak they had in January of 2020 where, you know, they just weren't playing their best basketball and they had to have a lot of travel in there. Four of those games were out there on the West Coast. Just a lot to kind of overcome. You know, you're playing a game in Europe with that said. Then you go to the 2020-21 season. A lot of health and safety protocols issues for Charlotte at that time. Gordon Hayward was out with that injury as well where he was just playing some really good basketball and just could not come back. And then you go back to the six-game losing streak in February where, once again, Gordon Hayward got hurt at that time, had that foot issue, and the Hornets just had a rough month overall. 
It's a long-winded way of saying, relax. This is something that we have seen in years past. Every team goes through losing skids. It just happens that this one comes at the beginning of the season against some teams that Charlotte probably should have won against, but at the same time, had a hard time because of these injuries. And you mentioned something there, and it triggered me in the in the head because you mentioned the word travel. And I think that the thing that is more characteristic about this skid and taking the, the injury part out of it is the fact that they have had probably more games on the road than most of the other teams in the NBA. I feel like they've barely seen Spectrum Center. They've just played uh, over the course of their 14 games. They've only played six times inside their own building, and uh, they won't play in their own building until Wednesday night against Indiana. The only games that they've played were the loss to New Orleans, a victory against Golden State, the loss to Sacramento, and then the losses to Brooklyn, Washington, and Portland uh, at the beginning of last week. And that was the longest sustained stretch that they had inside their home building. So at least in my mind, Rob, I think you do have to give the Hornets a little bit of grace in the fact that they've probably been handed a much tougher schedule at the beginning of this season than I think people would have thought that they would have originally. I think, you know, every time we get the NBA schedule release, I think everybody does this. That's a win. That's a loss. This is a stretch of wins. This is, you know, a scenario where it could work out for the Hornets. I do feel like a lot of these teams are a lot better. I think the Eastern Conference continues to show its mettle. And I also feel like, you know, the margin for error for the Hornets right now is incredibly thin with the amount of players that they've had out. And the fact that they did have to play a pair of three and four scenarios and, and six games in eight days, that's a very, very hard thing to do when you're not up to the conditioning level that this league very much demands of you on a night in, night out basis. Just perusing through the standings and looking at what some other teams have had to endure so far this season, when I take a look at it, there are a, quite a few teams that have had some fewer home games than the Hornets. Cleveland is one of them. Cleveland has played four home games. Then you take a look at the Western Conference, which is a little bit more commonplace. you got a team like Denver who has only played four games. Houston, in fact, has only played three games at home, and they are 2-11. and 11. So, again, it is Houston, and they are more than likely probably playing for some ping-pong balls. But at the end of the day, the Hornets are a little bit disadvantaged, too. And I, of course, didn't dive too, too far into these these records and what their schedule looks like, how many back-to-backs they have played, as the Hornets have already played a couple here throughout the first few weeks of the season. The eight-game losing streak certainly is the longest currently in the NBA, but when you take a look at some others, the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently on a three-game skid after having a hot start. The Los Angeles Lakers have lost five in a row. They are 2-10. and ten. That is another one that a lot of people have had some question marks to. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but with that said, Los Angeles has not had any major injuries, significant injuries like the Hornets have had. They have played seven of their 12 games at home and have a 2-5 and five record, and they haven't won a game on the road. They're 0-5. So that's a long-winded way of saying, yeah, the schedule matters and streaks matter, but at the end of the day, every team goes through this. Definitely so. And I look at, you know, like I, I was doing the same thing that you were doing, kind of looking at the standings. And I, I look at a team like Golden State, who, yeah, is 5-1 and one at home, but they are 0-6 on the road. And they had to do their East Coast road trip basically right at the outset of their season. They, they played basically the beginning of that road trip against the Hornets. And that was one of their uh, six road losses. So it does come out to at least uh, play out that a lot of these teams are having to deal with these type of things. Like, look at the Lakers. Lakers have yet to win a road game. They're two. Two and five at home and zero oh and five on the road, and a lot of people have chronicled how how crazy their beginning of the season has been and how completely uh, unexpected that was. So uh, it is early, but uh, but like you said, you do not want to find yourself in a hole too early in the season that it's too uh, insurmountable to crawl out of. The schedule will certainly change as the Hornets will have a ton of home games in the second half of the season. That kind of seems to be 
the way that it has worked out the last couple of years for the Hornets. But in the meantime, Charlotte still has to be the Road Warriors as they will play tonight in Orlando. Have a home game on Wednesday, but it's only a one-off, and then they go back out on the road for a couple as well. But we're going to hone in on that game against Orlando tonight. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip on the Hornets Radio Network. You can, of course, hear Will Pelagic after the game, give you the full breakdown on Sports Radio WFNZ. But we got to preview that matchup. That's going to come your way next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Buzz City, it's time to bring the Hive alive once again. Individual tickets and season ticket plans for the 2022-2023 season are now on sale. Be here when Charlotte finally returns home from a three-game road trip on Wednesday, November 16th. Your Hornets will take on the Indiana Pacers at 7 p.m. Secure your seats now at Hornets.com or through the Hornets mobile app. It's a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Will Pelagic and Rob Longo with you here on today's edition of the HHC. It's time now for our game preview. Probably one of my favorite segments that we do here, Will, and in case anybody is new to the podcast, this is what we do. We take a Hornet player to watch. We take an opposing player to watch. We highlight those and the ones that we are taking a look at more specifically. And we also have a stat to watch. So as the guest of honor, I will leave this up to you. Where would you like to start? Hornets player to watch, Magic player to watch, or stat to watch? I will give you my Hornets player to watch, and I think you look no further than LaMelo Ball. I feel like everybody's wondering what exactly he's going to do for an encore here in his second game back. He had 28 minutes, 15 points, six rebounds, six assists, and that's not bad for a guy who's coming off of a high ankle sprain and not necessarily up to the speed of play and up to the run of play uh, to start this season. And I do feel like for a lot of people, you look at the Hornets and you think, okay, as LaMelo Ball goes, they too shall go. And I think once you get the ability to have him more integrated in this offense and also on the defensive side, then that's when you really start to see this Hornets team look a lot more offensively like the one we're used to seeing. Certainly can't argue with the pick. He probably would have been mine if you did not take him. So with that said, this one's going to coincide with LaMelo Ball. It's going to be Terry Rozier. He played 34 minutes Saturday night in Miami. He finished with 22 points, 8 of 17 from the field. So an okay shooting day, 4-9 from beyond the arc. He also had six assists, a couple of steals in there as well. As LaMelo Ball goes, I think Terry Rozier goes in that sense where the pressure isn't 100% on T-Row to score the points. And I know Kelly Oubre has been very consistent in that starting lineup in lieu of a guy like Gordon Hayward. But Terry Rozier has been the guy in the backcourt to kind of shoulder the load. He's been worrying about trying to create shots for others, trying to create his own shot. He doesn't have to do that anymore now that LaMelo is back there out on the floor. And again, we'll see if LaMelo is on a quote-unquote minutes restriction because he did end up playing 28 the other night in Miami. So we'll see if he's hovering around more of 30 to 35 like Terry Rozier was. But that will be to be determined. Before we move into Magic player to watch or stat to watch, I wanted to get this little recap out of the way too. Charlotte and Orlando have already played each other, and that came back at the end of October. Charlotte lost 113 to 93. The Hornets just did not shoot well. In that game, Gordon Hayward had a team-high 18 points. Kelly Oubre and Nick Richards were the only other Hornets to reach double figures. Charlotte scored just 11 points in the second quarter. They shot 38% from the field, 29% from beyond the arc. And in the meantime, too, that was the Magic's first win as Orlando lost its first five games. Since then, just to give you an idea of what Orlando has done since that contest, 3-4 and four and won its last two games, which includes victories over Dallas and Phoenix, which are rather impressive teams to beat. Magic beat the Suns 114-97, to and that came on Friday. Friday night at home 
It was a team-high 20 points from Wendell Carter Jr. All five starters for Orlando were in double figures. Also, Paulo Bencaro, the number one overall pick, has not played the last two games. So they've gone on this little two-game streak without the number one overall pick. He's nursing an ankle injury. He's listed as a game-time decision against the Hornets tonight. We'll see if he ends up going or not. But it seems like right now Orlando has had no problem with that. So, again, just wanted to kind of get those notes out of the way as we get you set for this one. So with that said, Will, do you want to look at a Magic player to watch or a stat to watch next? I will give you my Magic player to watch and the guy who I didn't think that we'd have to necessarily account for, and that's Franz Wagner. He has had a pretty good start to the month of November. He's had four games of 20 or more, including a 31-point performance against Sacramento in an overtime loss on the 5th of November. Had 17 the other night against Phoenix and 22 against Dallas, and it's not necessarily the three ball that's necessarily working with him. He's driving the ball well. He's getting to the free throw line. He's somebody who the Hornets will have to account for in that backcourt, especially if Bancaro is not available for Orlando tonight. One other note, of course, is kind of implied there when I was talking about it. Friday was the last time Orlando played. They were off yesterday, so the Magic are going to have a little bit of a rest advantage going into this one with two days off, and the Hornets, of course, only with that one off day sandwiched in there as well. In terms of my Magic player to watch, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path, and I'm going to go with Bull Bull. Came over this season for the Magic, 13 points the other night, 15 rebounds. He was 5 at 8 from the field. He was 3 for 3 from beyond the arc. Nobody is going to block that three-pointer when you're sitting out there at 7-2. And the other thing is, too, is, and this is going to tie into my stat to watch, maybe, as long as Willie P doesn't take it from me, but players against Bull Bull this season have taken 96 shot attempts. He's blocked 25 of them. That's a 26% blockage rate. I mean, that is just absolutely insane. So Bull Bull is my player to watch both on offense, if he's going to hit threes, and defense, because he's just so dang tall, he's going to protect everything, including the top of the backboard, not even just the rim. That's uh, it's not my stat, but uh, he is somebody who, and the one thing that I remember from that game is that Orlando basically didn't have, you know, a, a true point guard. Terrence Ross was basically their starting point guard in that game. And so Orlando came out with a very odd lineup against the Hornets in that contest. They've played a little bit more conventional, but they, they've not been afraid to kind of do things a little differently from a lineup standpoint. So I do feel like, at least from that standpoint, you know, when you have both Wendell Carter Jr. and Bull Bull there on the floor, it's something you have to account for from a length aspect. Maybe we see a little bit more Jalen McDaniels. Maybe we see some other different players into the mix to try and match up with that Orlando length. But I do believe that with the mellow ball in tow, in tow, I should say, that should up the pace a little bit and possibly get the Hornets running up and down a little bit more, which could be tough on those bigs. Certainly one thing to look at, too, when you take a look at what the starting lineup was for Orlando on Friday against Phoenix, it was Chumo Kiki. Bull Bull, Wendell Carter Jr., Franz Wagner, and Jalen Suggs. That is just a ton of length out there on the floor. So with that said, we have stat to watch, or did you just give us our stat, Willie P? Did you say pace of play, or you want to give something else? I will do pace of play. That's the one that I've been looking at. If, if the Hornets are getting fast break points going their way, if they are able to defend on the transition as well, I do feel like this game can be one that they can control. It's basically... The one thing that I think they get in their advantage that is LaMelo dependent. I know that they still will play fast when he's not there, but there's there's fast and then there's LaMelo fast. And I think once once they get him back to the full LaMelo that he is, that's when you're going to start to see 
some of those higher, higher point totals. And I think it's also going to tire teams out and make their offense not be as efficient. The biggest thing for the Hornets is not only that they need the fast breaks to work, but they need to be able to score because you're able to get yourself back on defense that way. You don't play as much of an up and down game because teams who try to run with the Hornets usually do so to their peril. There's NASCAR fast, and then there's Formula One fast. LaMelo Ball is more like Formula One fast, even though I do like NASCAR. But uh, with that said, for my stat to watch, it coincides with Bull Bull. You got to score in the paint. Points in the paint are going to be at a premium for the Hornets. And I know you look at all that size and you look at all that length for Orlando, but you know you have a guy like LaMelo Ball who likes to get out in transition. He likes to attack the rim. Maybe that's the key to the Hornets getting those points in the paint. And maybe it's not just points in the paint. Maybe I kind of shift it a little bit and go to paint touches. Get the ball in the paint, work the middle of the floor, and then kick it out and try to hit a couple of threes because Charlotte did not shoot very well from beyond the arc on Saturday night against the Heat. I think they were 9-31 to 31 or something like that. So the three-point shot has to come around a little bit in order for that to be effective. But the points in the paint are going to be an interesting battle. And when Orlando did play Phoenix on Friday, it wasn't as big of a disparity as you would think. Orlando did win the points in the paint, but it was only by a 50 to 44 margin. So you take a look at that lineup, you take a look at the size out there, you take a look at the length, and you think, ah, maybe it should be a little bit more dominating. But Orlando did hit 52% from the field, so they were still getting those easy high percentage shots, but they also hit 15 three-pointers in the game as well. And that certainly is going to help whenever you're just trying to salt away a team like Phoenix. Yeah, the Hornets had season lows at that point of the season in shooting percentage overall and in three-point percentage going 11-38 to in that game against Orlando. And the points in the paint, to speak to your stat, they were minus 18 in that fact in the Orlando contest. They uh, were outscored 56-38 to in the paint. One thing they did do well in that contest was offensive rebounds, leading to 15 second-chance points off of the 10 offensive boards, and they kept Orlando off the offensive glass. The problem is there were too many defensive rebounds for Orlando off those misses from the Bucks. So this will be a very big scenario when it comes to making the most out of every scoring opportunity you can possibly make happen if you are the Hornets. Should be a good one in Orlando tonight. It's a 7 o'clock airtime on the Hornets Radio Network. And, of course, you can tune in to the flagship sports radio WFNZ at 6 o'clock for your pregame coverage. Kyle Bailey and Travis T-Bone Hancock will have it for you then. And, of course, postgame, make sure you keep it tuned to sports radio WFNZ afterwards so you can hear Will Pelagic break it all down. Willie P., thank you for joining me on today's edition of the HHC. Let's stop that streak, Rob. Thank you. Now, Hornets can certainly use a win tonight to snap that eight-game losing streak. They'll try to do it tonight against the Orlando Magic. For Willie Palachik, I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And we'll see you tomorrow once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.